This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. Let's play, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Howdy, toddy, Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I've uh, got a lot going on tonight. Obviously, the national championship game is tonight, Yancey. Yeah. Uh, uh, give us some quick thoughts on that. I know this is an Ole Miss show, and we won't dwell on this for a long time, but uh, what's, your, what's your thinking? Well, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm thinking about 45-35 LSU. 45-35 LSU. That sounds not, – that's not a bad guess. You know, they're five-point favorite, right? Yeah. Um. And they've got a lot of firepower, and nobody's figured out how to stop them yet. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I picked Clemson to beat Ohio State, and not a lot of people did. That's true. Um, and I think – I don't know how you can win almost 30 games in a row and be the defending national champions and be underrated, but they are. <laughs> and maybe it's the competition they play during the regular season. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to give – Clemson a little more respect than you are. I think it's going to be a barn burner. Now, I don't know who's going to win it, but I think it's going to be a a real game. That surprised me a little bit. I think LSU's going to win by ten, but the game will never be in doubt. I think you you could be right now. I mean, the, they're they're, they're offense, so explosive. Brady and and Joe Burrow. They're just they're they're clicking on every cylinder you can put out there. Yep. And and uh, to his credit, Ogeron is letting them coach. He's, yeah. he's get he's gotten out of the way, and you know he was. Uh, it's no secret I disliked him when he was here with the way he treated assistants and and players. He treated them like dirt, and he was a total dictator. But he admits that now, and I, I'm I always like a person that admits when they were wrong and can change. And good for him. I'm not against him. No, I, I can't say I'm do with the Orgeron, but I know Ole Miss recruits a lot against LSU, so I'd rather Clemson win the game. I, I can't say I'm for him, but I, I will say I'm I'm not against him. What's on tap tonight? Brought to you by Library Sports Bar, home of Monday Night Football, and a bunch of other stuff on the huge screen. Great boxing matches, whatever you want. Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square, one twenty South Eleventh. Never mind. You know where the library is. Shoot, everybody does. Ben Garrett will be on at six fifteen. He's been in uh, down at Disney World for uh, with his Daniel little girls. Trip. Yep. But baseball starts practice in a couple of days, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about baseball. And then at six thirty, we've got Kermit Davis Jr., who's uh, off to an zero and two start in the SEC, and I'm sure he's uh, scratching his head because I. 
I know he felt like uh, his team was going to be a little better at this point. Yeah, just a gut-wrenching loss there against Arkansas. You had it totally uh, under control. Or seemed like it. Five minutes left, and you're up eight, ten points, and they tie the game in 20 seconds with a five and a four-pointer. So, uh, very heartbreaking loss for him. And, you know, they, had a they didn't lead. get the ball to Tyree in those last three minutes. I think he touched the ball twice, and they were in the last two possessions. And, that they that that's where they really lost the game because Tyree was really feeling it, and they couldn't stop him. Yeah, well, they couldn't stop Isaiah Joe either. No, uh, <laughs> so I'm sure he's going to have some choice words about the Rebel defense. Uh, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Railroad Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSpire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSpire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com/mission. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com, equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors Mississippi Rubber Yo Hotline. Yancey and I have a television monitor here, and I mean, we're walking into, looking at the SEC network where they've got a, the national championship pregame on. And, and is that the best the SEC can do for, for announcers? Who is that? Is that Booger? 
or Marcus no, Booker. Spears. That's that, Spears. That Marcus Spears. Spears it really is Spears not that isn't bad. that bad. He isn't that bad. I can't stand Booger's to listen to not, Booger. He's not uh, one to really analyze the game, and that's what he's doing for Monday Night Football. And 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 Paul Feinbaum, I mean, don't we get enough of him during the day? I, I, mean, I don't understand I don't the whole either. Paul I Feinbaum deal. I don't either. I will but admit that's that. all right. Yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of people listen to him. And well, like it's him. entertainment talk radio, but not – not up there announcing games or giving commentary about football. Let's go to the control room of Mr. Jack Schultz giving us some old Miss sports news. Take it away, Rhino. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Ole Miss. The Ole Miss basketball team has dug itself into a hole to start conference play. The Rebels are now 9-6 overall, 0-2 in SEC play. They dropped a hard-fought contest to Arkansas and Oxford on Saturday evening, 76-72, but looked much improved from their performance at Texas A&M earlier in the week. Ole Miss led by double digits before a late push from the Razorbacks. Ultimately, 16 turnovers cost the Rebels, as Arkansas only had 10 giveaways. Kermit Davis's team will have to be more secure with the ball with another pair of tough contests this week. They travel to Gainesville for a matchup with the Florida Gators tomorrow night at 6 p.m. and then host LSU for the Red Out on Saturday night at 7. The Tigers are unbeaten in conference play. The women's basketball team is struggling early in conference play as well. The Lady Rebels have fallen to 7-10 overall, 0-4 in SEC play, despite hanging tough with a talented LSU team on the road, losing 44-52 yesterday. They've got a week off to regroup before Missouri comes to Oxford on Sunday at 2. The Ole Miss track and field team broke two school records to start 2020. Brandy Presley leads the NCAA right now in the women's 60-meter dash with a time of 7.18 and is the first Rebel to ever break 7.20. John Rivera Jr., meanwhile, set a new school record in the 600-meter with a time of 117.90. Rivera is already building on an impressive second-team All-American campaign in 2019. The rifle team is also ranked number six nationally and defeated number 14 Alaska Fairbanks last week. Finally, former Rebel football player Dexter McCluster, it was announced last week, will be inducted into the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame later this spring. McCluster was the Bulls' MVP in back-to-back years in 2009 and 2010. He combined for 281 yards and three touchdowns on the ground in those two games. Congrats to Dexter. That's the latest Ole Miss news. Back to you guys. Thanks, Jack. Boy, I am so tickled for Dexter McCluster being inducted mm-hmm. into the Cotton Ball Hall of Fame. He he deserves it. Those were two fun games when he was back-to-back MVP. That second one against Oklahoma State, he was dynamite. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Um, okay, so staff news. Yeah. Uh, picked Out. one up that we love, lost one we love, yep. it looks like. Looks yep. like. Freddie Roach is going to the New York Giants, and it looked like as if uh, Lane Kiffin was going to keep him as a defensive line coach. Yep. And uh, rehired Derek Nix. You know, he bought he brought his own running back coach, Kevin Smith from FAU. Mm-hmm. That kind of wedged Derek out. But then I think Lane started reconsidering how much he needs help recruiting in Mississippi. He needs some Mississippi blood, some Mississippi knowledge and familiarity. And he rehired Derek as the uh, wide receiver coach. Yeah, I, th- I don't think the door was ever shut for Derek. Uh, no, I don't with either. With the running back, it, you know, Lane had told him that, hey, you know, 
We could have some other positions come open. I mean, you got to remember Derek coached five years uh, at the defensive back and tight end positions before he became a running back coach there with the Falcons and Ole Miss and maybe a year or two at Southern Miss. So he's coached other positions. This would give him one more um, resume builder, so to speak, for to become an offensive coordinator coordinator one day mm-hmm. if he wishes and a head coach later on. So um, it's a chance for him to really help his resume out and be somewhere where he loves. It's where he met his wife at Ole Miss, had his baby girl here at Ole Miss, and, you know, this is 13 year that will be at Ole Miss. He has a lot of ties here. You and uh, David Johnson have been putting out an awful lot of of recruiting information. Uh, kids that have been tweeting out that they've been offered and that kind of stuff. What's, yeah. it, what's it looking like in Mississippi recruiting? Have, have there been new offers? Uh, uh, or Not in Mississippi. Now, Chuck, with this new early sign-up here that started last year, Every player, significant player in the state of Mississippi, has already signed, but one, McKinley Jackson. Okay. So it's that's done. Uh, as far so as the 2021, really nobody class, to offer. No, for no, this year. For this year's but class. What about the 21? Well, 21. The the big the big story, Chuck, is is getting back to where it was under freeze, where you're seeing players offer out of Cali and Michigan and New Jersey and Kansas and Florida. There's no rhyme and reason for any little area they are all over the country just trying to get after the top dogs and we saw under the luke air them you know confine it more at home and you know the connecting states mississippi louisiana tennessee arkansas alabama you know a well, little bit in georgia to, they're not going to ignore mississippi though no 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 and neither did freeze but you would see six to good year eight signees under freeze you know and you're 16 or 17 from out of state and I think that's what you're going to see now going forward with uh, with Lane Kiffin is look for it to be the six at the high high and an eight instead of 12, 14, 15 players like we've seen these last couple of years from the state of Mississippi. Okay. Well, what kind of year is 21 for Mississippi? It's, Quickly. it's, it's about on par to what it usually is. It's wide receiver heavy, and that's where Derrick's going to be coaching too. And you've got seven wide receivers in the state of Mississippi that have high D1 offers. So it's an unusually blessed year for the receivers. Hey, I know your state. Going to have some big uh, competition there, though, with Mike Leach in the state also. Hey, and also they're big, though, Chuck. Get back to my type of receiver, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", guys. Oh, good. Need some, uh, more height on the team. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. Take a little Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland. Test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. 
If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSpire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSpire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com slash mission. Avanakins Diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakins Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with Avanakins Diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Atkins Jewelers Store Downtown New Albany or VanAtkins.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Stevie Ray, you know, when he got killed, I vowed I would never get in a helicopter. I still don't get in them. I, I'm, I haven't gotten in one. I can tell you that. That's probably stupid, but, you know, when you're a dumb old man like I am, you do stupid things. Um, okay, now we got Mr. Ben Garrett, who uh, has just got back from Disney World, and I'm sure he's... Uh, his finances are depleted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there are a few times when I think, man, I'm really happy to talk to Chuck. But today is one of those days. I'm really happy to be home. <laughs> You're happy to be home. There's yeah. only so much Disney I could take. I went three straight years. Ben's been going about 20 straight years, I think. Ugh, uh, it's brutal. It's only so much Mickey you can see. my daughters are seven and three. That's right. And if they had a choice to make, where do you want to go? It's always Disney And when they're this age, they're spoiled, right? You just let them go where they want to go. And this is where they wanted to go, so we went. But the problem, I told Chuck this before we left. I was going with my in-laws. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, two uncles, one aunt. It was a lot. And yes. I am broke, so Chuck, whenever you want to give me a race, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, I got you, baby. I got you. All right, Ben, I've got to ask you first question before Chuck gets rolling because it's, it's been on my mind. Buffin looks like more natural at center to me. Uh, what is, is there any whispers about him getting more PT down there at the five? I think so, but the problem is he can't stay on the floor because, like Terrence Davis, he has a tendency to reach and grab and get ticky tack fouls, and he has a terrible reputation with referees. So 
until he is able to rein in his propensity to foul. You really can't count on him to be in any particular spot for any length of time. All right, let's talk a little baseball. Practice starts in a couple of days, uh, right? Yes. And, and uh, you know, first game is Valentine's Day. Uh, what what are you looking for uh, in this pra- uh, practice session, this almost month, month practice? I'm fascinated to see how Mike Bianco kind of lays out his roster because he does have some versatility across the board. Justin Bench could play second, center, any corner. But when he laid out his starting lineup for Division One baseball, he had Peyton Chatnier, the true freshman, who was dynamic and was starting the second base as the starter in left field with Hayden Leatherwood in right field and Kate Sammons, another true freshman who was great in the fall in center field and Justin Bench at second. I do know that Mike and Mike Clement and Carl Lafferty would like to get some more veterans into the lineup, so it makes sense that Justin Bench is in there somewhere. I just think I was a little bit surprised to see him at second base. But Tim Elko is taking over at first base. He has to hit. He's a career 214 hitter with a 290 OBP. He was better last year than the numbers indicated, but he's going to give, be given every opportunity to go out there and produce. Um, so I, I think watching the Tim Elko, a Justin Bench, a few of those guys who've been here supplement the lineup, the roster, um, that's going to be, I think, the biggest storyline because I think they're pretty well put together. Contrary to popular belief, they're pretty settled if you look across the board. Pitching staff, their weekend starters are going to be Doug Nikhazy, Gunnar Hoagland, and Derek Diamond. Um, their bullpen is loaded up with arm talent, Austin Miller in the back end, of course. And then their lineup, I don't think it's all that surprising. You know, it's Hayden Dunhurst at catcher, Tim Elko at first. Right now, Justin Bench at second, Anthony Servideo at shortstop, Tyler Keenan at third base. Peyton Chatelier left is a surprise. But Kate Sammons was dynamic in the fall. They'll want to look at John Rush, Plumlee, and Jerry on Ely. And you knew Hayden Leatherwood, because of his fall performance and what they recruited him to be, would be in a corner. And then Kevin Graham's going to be the DH. So not a lot of surprises. So really, can those veterans – the Tim Elkos, the Justin Bench, who haven't had the production yet that Ole Miss would like to see from them, can they have good falls that leads into good seasons for them because they need some length in their lineup proof veterans, and those guys can provide that for them. Ben, what happens if Bench and Elko are not hitting and they, they go to plan B, uh, which we know Bianco will most certainly do that in those cases? Is, where, where does it go then? Well, they've got a lot of options. I think they'll avoid Kevin Graham in the field at all costs. If they can avoid it, they will. So, Kale Baker would be an option at first base. Ben Van Cleve would be an option at first base. But don't write off Ben Van Cleve in left field either. I think that's a position he could potentially play. I believe Peyton Chatney is going to hit from day one. So, Peyton Chatney, whether it's in left field, second base, he's going to play. Kate Sammons, if he doesn't hit, John Rice Plumley's coming. Jerry Ely's coming. Justin Bench could play center field. The biggest linchpin for me right now is Hayden Leatherwood. He's a Juco transfer. He always wanted to be an Ole Miss Rebel. Former Vanderbilt signee. They need him to lock down a corner and stay there. Right now he's in right field. He needs to be a middle-of-the-order producing bat immediately behind Tyler Keenan. And I think he can be that. But Kevin Graham, you know what you're going to get offensively from him. I don't think they want him in the field. Catching-wise, it's going to be Hayden Dunhurst to go out there and produce. He's so dynamic as a, def- as a defender. Um, of course, there are some areas of improvement there, but the bat can't play over the course of the season. They do have some veteran leadership behind him in Knox LaPosser, who could also designate, be the designated hitter or play some first base if they need him to. So they do have options. That's where if 
in pre- other years, if a guy didn't produce, they didn't have um, very much talent to go to. This team has a lot of talent to go to. And I don't think that the lineup on day one is going to look anything like it will on the last mm-hmm. day of the season. I just think there's so many dynamics at play to where different guys can go to different places if they need them to. And if you're Mike Bianco, if you're Mike Clement, that's exactly what you want from the lineup. You have options. And I think for the first time in quite a while, they have so many options. It's just a matter of finding the right combination that goes out there and produces every day. Well, and finding kids that can produce on this level. I mean, uh, yeah. what you're saying is and guys like Elko and Servideo and uh, Bench, they've, they've got to come through. I mean, they're the veterans, and they've got to come through uh, carrying the team until these newcomers kind of blend in and, and get the lay of the land and figure out uh, how good this level is. Sure, and I think the first four spots in the lineup are going to be all veterans. It's going to be Servideo leading off, Justin Bench at two, Tyler Keenan, you know what you're getting from Tyler Keenan. He's going to be the three-hole header. And then Kevin Graham batting fourth. But then Hayden Leatherwood has to be good batting fifth. And Tim Elko has to be good, or, or Tim Elko could bat fifth. But either one of those guys batting fifth, the other one batting sixth, that's where you have to start to see guys Not Graham. that haven't Not produced Graham. yet. Graham will he said bat Graham up at five. As, as oh, okay. Graham will go four? Yeah. yeah, I figure Graham hmm. will go four because unless you want to put Hayden Leatherwood there or Tim Elko there, I just think Graham will be four. And Hayden Leatherwood or Tim Elko, five and six, whatever combination you want. And then it's young guys, Peyton Chatney, Hayden Dunhurst, those guys filling out the bottom of the lineup. But they got a lot of options. And Ben Van Cleve, I think, is going to hit. Kate Sammons is going to hit. Um, it's a good problem to have. It's just a matter of playing the hot hand. And you know, all know that Mike plays the hot hand. But to start seasons, he's going to default to veterans. And that's why it should have been so surprising that he had Justin Bench in second. He does default to veterans to start. And then ultimately, he'll make the switch if he needs to around mid-March, early April. So uh, a lot of things left to be played out. But, uh, again, I don't want to be a broken record. They do have options to play with. Ben, but real quick on Peyton Sachet, is he more of a singles guy or is he a multi-hit, uh, you know, a lot of doubles, home runs? What, what, what kind of hitter is he? He's gap-to-gap. Gap. He's not going to have a ton of power, but he can hit for power. That's developing. Um, but he definitely plays in the gap. Um, you're not going to see any slap singles hitter. They're, they're done with that. I think baseball in general is moving away from that. Josh Hall was a guy that could not just steal first base, right? I mean, he was either a singles guy or he's just striking out. He's, so he's transferred out. They're not looking for that. They're not looking for guys that are just going to try to get on base any way they can. They want guys that will do damage when they hit. So Peyton Chatier is going to play gap to gap, and they have some power potential all throughout their lineup. So, I like him. I like his positional versatility, and he's an engaging kid, just like John Rice Plumbing. And that's one thing we need to talk about here is the football players. Jerry on and John Rice are going to be given every opportunity to come in and make an impact. And they love John Rice. They love the potential of Jerry on. Those two guys are going to get a chance. And they've been in the facilities every week throughout football season and then every day since the start of January. They're coming in here engaged and ready to play. And they need to factor in, too. So these next three weeks are going to be just so interesting to follow and watch as which players step up, like a John Rice. What if John Rice comes out and just absolutely balls out and you know takes over for Kate Sammons in center field? There's so many things that could happen, you and know that's what will. makes this team really good. And they're ranked currently by uh, perfect game is number 18 in the country. And I like that ranking. I think this team is going to be really good. I believe they're going to ultimately host a regional, quite frankly. I like the team. 
I like the pitching. They're going to pitch it every single day. Can they hit enough? And I think they've shown that they've got enough options to where even if they get stuck and some guy's not producing, they can go to the next guy and they'll find the right combination. How are they defensively? Uh, ben, I know, uh, you know, we're so used to Kessinger at short, but I, I liked what when Servideo did play shortstop. I liked him. Yeah, he's real flashy. He can make any play with the glove. The only thing you lost with Gray to Anthony Servideo is the arm talent. He doesn't have the arm of Gray Kessinger, but he does have the range and the ability to go get balls. Justin Bench at second base remains to be seen coming off the injury. Can he stick there defensively? The outfield is currently constructed with Peyton Chatney in left, Kate Sammons in center, and Hayden Leatherwood in right. Hayden doesn't have a lot of range, but the other two can cover all kinds of ground. So if those guys are the starters against Louisville in February, the defense is going to be dynamic in the outfield. Tyler Keenan's always going to be uh, a player with little range at third base. Anthony can make up for that a little bit. And then Tim Elko is a plus-plus defender at first base, and he can pretty much get anything that comes around him at first base. Hayden Dunhurst is dynamic. So defensively, I think they're in a really good place, actually better than they were last year if it goes as it is right now, which I don't expect it to. But even if it doesn't, John Rice can play center. Jerry Young can play center. Justin Bench can hold his own in center. Um, the corners, Peyton sticking in left. That's the most fascinating thing in the world. I had no hey, idea ben, that Peyton was being tried in left, but he could fit there. Ben, we're coming up against a break. We're supposed to have Kermit at 630, uh, but he is traveling, going down to Florida. They play Florida tomorrow night. Uh, if we can't get him, we may call you back and let you talk a little bit about basketball. How about that? Sure. I expect it. Well, good. <laughs> now, Kermit's supposed to be on, so we'll see how that goes. All right. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors of Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Hill Hotline. Thanks, Ben. Bye, right, buddy. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. We are very pleased now to have Mr. Kermit Davis Jr. on. Kermit, I know you just got through traveling down to Gainesville. Got a, a game tomorrow night at 6 p.m. against the Gators. Um, but before we get into any basketball, give me a pick on this LSU Clemson game. Well, you know, I spent five years at LSU, so I think you <laughs> And I know the Ole Miss people doesn't want to hear this, but. If you spend five years as an assistant coach at LSU, you'll follow the LSU football team. I promise you that. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be real, real close. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins just because of the secondary, their culture. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's going to be an unbelievable game. I think LSU wins at the end. All right. All right. Kermit, uh, you got two SEC games under your belt. You, you had – Pretty good leads in both of them, and just weren't not able to hold on. What What are your thoughts about 
what are the factors going forward that you, you got to get better at? Well, obviously, you know, we've, we've played well enough to win in both games. It's disappointing. Uh, our defensive field goal percentage in the first halves have been as good as any in college basketball. I mean, uh, Arkansas is a very, very good offensive team. You know, we held them like 26%. And in the second halves, Chuck, I mean, it's, we just – uh, we're not guarding as well. We're not paying attention to, to detail as well. And uh, but you know, it, it, again at Arkansas, you think about it, Chuck. We're up, had control the whole game. Work, work, work to be up 11, 10, 8, 7, 6, and now we're up eight with the ball. And in 30 seconds, the game's tied. I hadn't seen that in a long time. Where there's within about a two minute period, there's a four point play, a three point play, and a five point play. Wow. And, and you know, so that that that's that's a rarity in college basketball. And so we spent this long time to build this lead of eight with the ball. And in 30 seconds, it's tied. And so, and then it was just game on, and, and they had to make a couple more plays than we did at the end. But no more victories, Chuck. But, but our team improved in the Arkansas game. We got better. We had more periods of good play. Talk about uh, this Isaiah Joe. Good grief. He got hot, and it's just no stopping him, it seemed like. Well, that that's on us. I mean, he's a great player, and he'll make shots that's – you know, I told our guys, you know, in scouting two days, I mean, you can't look at the bench when the guy shoots one six feet behind the three-point line. That's just who he is. And he, he made a couple, you know, really, really big shots. I mean, the first half did a great job, and he had 26, and he hit howitzers from all over the place, and great players do that to win games. And so he's a – he may be the best shooter in college basketball. When do you expect to get Rodriguez and, and Bryce Williams back, Coach? Yeah, uh, I would bet, you know, just, I don't think Luis will play this year. Uh, I think wow. it's unfair to him. He had great, great x-rays, and his prognosis is terrific. He's still in the boot, but he's off his crutches uh, finally. I just think, you know, Chuck, if you get him the 1st of February, it, it just it's not fair. I mean, the, the kid – I just think kids, they get one career, and they, they need them all. And if he was a senior, fifth-year senior playing for his life, then, you know, he would probably, you know, that first week of February be back. Uh, but Luis is going to have a really good career here, so I would be shocked if, if we don't hold him and he's going to redshirt. Bryce How big Williams, a blow is that, Coach? How big a blow is that for you? Oh, it's just defensively and physicality. and I mean, right now without Bryce Williams, we have two guards coming off the bench. I mean, and – One's Franco who's coming off an injury, and one's Austin Crowley. And then I love Austin, but he's going to be a great player here, I think, in time. But that's just who we are right now, and that's our depth. And so, uh, you know, with, with Bryce and him out, but Luis was a huge blow just because of his toughness and physicalness, and probably at the end of the day, he's our best rebounder. And uh, the the physical part of it is is what you feel like you've been missing on the defensive end? Yeah, I just think we need a guy that, you know, just to be able to stop Kamir Bowens, to stop Isaiah Joes, those kind of guys. And then Luis Rodriguez will be our best defender assigned to those guys. I'm not saying he shuts them out, but he makes a big difference. And then the depth part, being able to, to spell Devontae Shuler, you know, you swing guys over just to give, you know, Luis is in the game. So Devontae is playing probably too many minutes. I would like to get him down, but then Bryce wasn't available again on Saturday. We hope Bryce is going to be a game-dime decision tomorrow that maybe he can get a few minutes against Florida. 
coach, uh, in my eyes, it looked like Buffin really looked comfortable at the five. I know foul problems, foul, excuse me, has been a, a problem with him, but is there any inkling of maybe give, getting him some more minutes there at the five? It is, Chuck. I mean, it's a great point. You follow basketball, you see it. You know, KJ gets a lot of advantages at the five. Now, can he guard a 240-pound Blackshire at the five and not get in foul trouble and, and do a good job on him? And then that's that's the key to it. But offensively, he has so many advantages. And uh, when Adeem, you know, he got in foul trouble, didn't have great body language in the game, uh, you know, he didn't start in the second half. And then, you know, KJ played at the five, and I, I, he did. He looked more comfortable. He had some advantages. He can drive the ball. He just got to go be an elite rebounder. You know, we're undersized, but you do have some advantages on the other end. Talk a little bit about the development of uh, Sammy Hunter and, and Austin, uh, Coach. Uh, I know coming into the season you were anticipating quite a bit from them. Are they on schedule, or are they a little behind what you thought they'd be? Yeah, and, and I'll preface it with this. There's no question in my mind they're both going to have really good careers but they're just not impactful in the high-level games like we thought that they would be uh, because of physicality and toughness. Uh, great kids, receptive to coaching, but Sammy, won't, Sammy just doesn't rebound the ball right now. And uh, I think Austin does some really good things for us. But just the physicality. He got sick with the flu about two weeks ago. He lost 11 pounds. Ooh. It's been a, you know, almost eight, nine months trying to get him to a point. About 191, he got down to almost like 179, you know, and so he got really sick right right through the break. Really hadn't really recovered, and uh, you know, so they're both going to be good. But yeah, they're they're behind from a physical standpoint in, in the Power Five world in these tough tough SEC games. Who do you need to get more involved offensively, Coach? Because right now you're just riding Brian so much, and and uh, and Devonte at times. Uh, who who do you need to say, hey, man, I need 10 points out of you? Our four returning players. I mean, Brian's doing fine. I mean, you know, Devontae's got to go make – you know, like in the second half, Chuck, Devontae made all those big shots last year. You know, I mean, just, you know, games two, bam, makes a shot, game tied, jump up, make a key three. And, you know, and so he just – his percentages, he's trying his tail off. I, just, I know it's going to come, but he hadn't shot it like we'd like from the two in the Power Five games. Uh, you know, Blake Henson's got to get going. I mean, we need Blake Henson mm-hmm. to get 18, 19 points in a game. And, you know, he just, he's got to face, he's starting in practice to drive in a straight line better. He's got to go offensive, rebound the ball to get some cheap baskets. He had two or three times the other night where he had plays right at the rim and missed them and, and missed the bucket, but he made the free throws. You know, so, so he, he's got some, He's got some opportunities. Those four returning guys have got to be the key guys for us. Coach, uh, I, I know you're not about losing, and and Arkansas came in thirteen and uh, twelve and two. Um, you have to feel like you said you, you did some good things against Arkansas, but how do you build off of a loss? That's that's my question to you as a coach. Um, I'm just so disappointed in the loss. You know, in our whole locker room was disappointed in the loss. We, 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 everybody in our, in our organization thought we were going to win the game. Chuck, there was never a doubt in our mind the way we prepared, the way we went. The same thing with Texas A&M. But, you know, we had, our, we had our two good days. We, 
you think about it now. We kind of dominated the game, and then in a 30-second period, like I go back and say, four-point play, five-point play, three-point play. I mean, that's that's almost unheard of, but it happened. And so we got to find ways to win the game. And, uh, you know, we, it, you know, it's a fine line, Chuck. I mean, you know, we're up 10 against Texas A&M at halftime. We're up eight late against Arkansas. We could be sitting here at 11-4 and four and 2-0, and oh, and everybody just like, holy cow, we got a chance to win the SEC. We're still the same team. We just got to get our team better. We're just going to grind away, Chuck. That's the only way I know. We're going to grind away. We're going to make decisions based on culture in our program. You know, sometimes you, you know, we, we had a, a great first year, and uh, and sometimes I've seen it. Those second years get tougher, and you may have to go through some of the rebuilding things in the second year that you really thought you go through in the first year. It's going to happen at some point when you're trying to build a program, and uh, maybe we're going through those spots right now. But we're going to be fine. I have total confidence in what we're going to do, and and I promise you this: now that we're developing our team, Chuck. But we are recruiting nonstop every day, twenty or twenty-one, and uh, you know we got to get our roster more full and full of more guys ready to compete in the SEC. Coach, uh, last couple minutes there, Tyree was having difficulty getting to the ball. I know that some other teams are going to scout that, and if you're in a close game again, going to do the same thing that uh, you know they were doing in the last game there. So, what do you do to counter that? Well, you know, he's, he's got to be tougher. He's got to be tougher. I thought that at the end, and I told Ian Devontae, I thought Joe and Jones were, were tougher in the last five minutes than our two guards. And that's yeah. just a fact. Um, I just thought they were tougher. I thought they defended better at the end. I thought they wanted the ball more. If you're a really good player, they did it to Michael Jordan his whole career. They do it to all their great, great players. You just got to cut harder. You got to move harder. You know, and um, he's leading the SEC in SEC games, and he's got to get – got to fight through fatigue at the end and go make winning plays. Not just offensively, Chuck, but defensive stops, long rebounds, great steal in a bucket, all those kind of things. Guys like Devontae, and it's on Devontae and Brian to do that. You know, your responsibility as good players and the best players on your team, that's what you got to do for your team at the end. Coach, give me a little scouting report on Florida. Well, you know, they I, I, I like their team. Obviously, I just – you know, I know Michael is such a really good coach, and I can only imagine. I mean, they're coming off this game at Missouri. You know, he gave up 91. Michael's a defensive-minded guy. His team has given up some points in the SEC. So I know he is bearing down those cats. And I think they've been trying to play big. I think they're going right back small, try to really pressure, go up the floor. And, uh, you know, so I know their team is going to play. they got, they got you know, elite talent. I think what they've got, too, is probably some young guys with these high reputations, Chuck, that, you know, right now are going to be really, really good players, but, you know, just not a kind of, with, from a physicality standpoint, doing it for them right now, and they're going to in time. And uh, But I know he's going to get his team to respond, so we're going to have to be, you know, at our very best tomorrow. Coach, uh, it looks like Murrell is, is doing real good. Um, yeah, that, that was great for him, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. You know, MVP of the game. That was an elite talent with guys going to Duke, Tennessee, everywhere. And uh, he had 23, led the game in scoring. He's terrific. So, you know, Jarkel Joyner is going to make such a huge impact with his toughness and talent. Matthew Morrell there. Uh, you know, Sean Jones had his best practice of the day. We just got to get him tougher defensively. Uh, but, you know, we're going to go out, and I, I think we're going to sign two guys in the spring. 
We need a, we need a, we need a big time physical uh, big. And we need a big time physical guard uh, with some explosiveness. And I, I think those are, are things that we're really trying to concentrate on. But yeah, we were we were so proud of Matthew on national TV. That that's just great for recruiting and great for Ole Miss. No question, Coach. You got uh, Florida tomorrow night. Six o'clock, then Saturday at the Pavilion against LSU. Uh, two tough assignments, but uh, time to get in, get get in the win column in the SEC. Obviously, you got it. We got to go on the road, play really well tomorrow, give ourselves a chance to win, and then you know obviously a really good team in LSU on Saturday. And Chuck, I want to thank the fans. That Saturday weather was tough. I mean, that was tough throughout our our state, and they poured in there like eight thousand five hundred, and that that was. I appreciate them doing that so much, and uh, hopefully, this, I just got to tell the fans, you just got to hang in. It's a building process. We're going to do it together, and uh, we'll fight like mad tomorrow in, in Gainesville, and then uh, it's going to be a, a really, really good SEC game on Saturday. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and good luck tomorrow night. Thanks, thank Coach. Thank you, Chuck. See you, buddy. All right. Bye, man. Bye. Kermit Davis, Jr. Um, he knows what's got to be done, Yancey just a matter of getting it done and he uh, you know he he's frustrated well but he, uh, he won't make the excuse no and and, no. and, and the, what you got is he's two players down yeah i mean he you know he's 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 and he's, red shirting another one or red shirting two including joiner so well, he's really played four players he, down yeah but he's playing with seven guys essentially and uh i, I think you know he 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 points at toughness, and I agree with that. He he points to defense, and I agree with that. But there's also got to be a little bit of fatigue factor in there when you're playing with seven guys. Yeah, you know, Sammy, Sammy Hunter was someone that was going to give, you know, C a lot of minutes to rest and be in that rotation. And C has been spotty, and Sammy, like you said, just has not rebounded the ball. So that's something they didn't count on were those two guys – they were expected to have big years, and that's, that's hurt them. And Crowley. And then and Crowley gets sick and loses there. 11 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, good grief. He he didn't have 11 pounds. I could lose 40-11, but uh, he he can't lose 11. Well, and then also, Henson, remember, he doesn't even go through preconditioning, yeah. practice, anything. Yeah. He just starts against Memphis because yeah. of his problem he had. So there's several factors in it, but, you know, I, I – you're Just not going to hear that from Kermit, though, no. is what I'm saying. No. You and I can sit here and talk about it, but Kermit's not going to say that. He's going to say we're not tough enough. We don't have, we're don't have. we not playing good enough defense. Uh, we got to play tougher down the, the stretch. He's going to say all the things to motivate his team. But the truth of the matter is he doesn't have a full, full – he's not playing with a full hand. No, I, I, think, I think you're going to really see them go with Henson at the four instead of the three and, and buffing a lot at the five. I think they're going to try to kind of reinvent themselves. I think they learned a little bit there in that Arkansas game how well the team played when they were at the four and five. Um, and I, I, I tell you, I got to be honest with you. Um, I was anticipating more out of Hadim C. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not saying a lot more, but I'm saying uh, enough to make more of a difference than he's making. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll be right back with the final segment of tonight's show on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Revial Hotline after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors. Hang tight.
This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Um, let's see. Let's go to Mr. The Control Room, Mr. Jack Schultz, with Around the SEC. Take it away, Rhino. It's time for this week's report from Around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. The college football national championship kicks off on ESPN in just a few minutes. Clemson looks to defeat an SEC team in the title game for a third time in four seasons and win its second straight championship. LSU will appear in the championship for the first time since 2011 and will try to win its first title game since 2007. Both teams are a perfect 14-0 entering tonight's game. The other big football news of the week came out of Starkville as Mississippi State hired Mike Leach as their head football coach. Leach was previously the head coach at Texas Tech and Washington State with a combined record of 139-90 and as a head coach. In his introductory press conference, Leach remarked that he liked Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin and called him an entertaining guy despite knowing he's not supposed to like anything from Ole Miss. While the world watches football for one last time this season, the college basketball conference season is heating up. Auburn appears to be the clear leader of the SEC early on, now 15-0 overall and 3-0 in SEC play after dominating Georgia at home on Saturday. Only Bruce Pearl's squad, along with Kentucky and LSU, remain unbeaten in conference play. Important games to watch this week include a few rivalry contests. Alabama hosts Auburn and Tennessee travels to Vanderbilt, but the biggest game in terms of standing implications will likely be Kentucky at Arkansas. That's the latest news around the SEC. Enjoy one last night of college football, everyone. All right. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. Rhino, what's your pick for tonight? Oh, I think LSU will run away with it late. It'll be close till about the 10-minute mark left in the fourth quarter, and then it'll just get ugly. Okay. You just think too much firepower? Yeah, it's just LSU. You've always heard it time after time. If LSU ever gets a quarterback, they'll be dangerous. Well, now they got a quarterback, and they're dangerous. Yeah. I'll say they got Not a quarterback. Not a quarterback. The best quarterback since I, I tell you what, Cam though, Newton. I'll tell you what, Lawrence is pretty good, darn good, too, now. Oh, yeah, he that is. Dude, that dude's a player, and he, he doesn't know how to lose either. He'll be a better pro player than he, Joe, I believe. He doesn't know how to lose either, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, I I can't count Clemson out. I really can't. You know, I, I it's think, hard not to. It really, I do think LSU is going to pull it out, but I, I can't count Clemson out. It's I'm not just trying to jinx LSU, I think. <laughs> they can't lose. No way they can lose. I hear you. <laughs> Good, bad, and ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Well, the good Lane Kiffin staff seems to be shaping up nicely. I was happy, I was really happy to bring back Derek Nix as his wide receiver coach. I think Nix knows the lay of the land, and Kiffin needed someone on his staff who could recruit Mississippi effectively and has a lot of ties and connections here. 
he understands that and made the appropriate move as far as I'm concerned. Look, this is just my opinion, and I know people are going to say, Chuck, you're an idiot. But I also think it's good that Mississippi State hired Mike Leach as their new coach for one simple reason. I second that. I believe the Ole Miss-MSU rivalry had become too vitriolic, too heated. And I think Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach will quiet that down some because of their apparent mutual respect for each other. After all, boys and girls, this is sports. It's not life or death or war or the plague. I hope we start having some proper perspective in this rivalry and get some of the hatred removed. Sure, I want it to be intense. Sure, I want it to be competitive. Sure, I want everything a rivalry should be. But it's just gotten too, too, too heated for my taste. The bad? Well, Kermit Davis Jr. and the men's team has not found the right combination yet, and it seems to be several things. One, overall defense is a little below average, particularly in crunch time. Two, there are not enough consistent scoring options. Three, there seems to be too much forcing of the action instead of letting the game come to them. Four, a couple of injuries and a couple of kids not developing as quickly as everyone had hoped has slowed down the progress of this team. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. That's a good job. I agree with that analysis. Uh, Well, I mean, look. Maybe maybe I'm softening because I'm getting older. Oh, I'm not talking about the Mississippi State Ole Miss. Oh, you're talking about uh, the basketball. Oh. You'll never, you'll never get your hope with that. That's this long, long gone past. Uh, I don't know. I think I think Lane and and uh, Mike sure they those two are can but can the fans behind the scenes. A, nope, they can soften it a little bit. It, they people follow uh, leaders, and those two guys are leaders. I think uh, there's they, no question about that. Um, and all right, so tomorrow night, six p.m. at Florida, uh, former Ole Miss. Point guard and and great Michael White is the coach down at the Gators. He does a nice job. He's struggling a little bit this year, but so are the Rebels. So it's an important game for both of them. And then Saturday, the ultra talented LSU Tigers with uh, the uh, the dis- coach that's with, still there somehow with the despicable Will Wade as the coach. Uh, did you did you see the uh, Joe Oliva, uh, the former? Athletic director at LSU, his he had an interview. Now I haven't heard it, but a friend of mine was telling me about it today at lunch. He said he said Oliva said that Will Wade is just a terrible human being. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know him personally. I just don't know how he's still being able to coach him. I don't him. either. I don't either. But then there's the children's hospital deal. And the media doesn't even mention it. A man stealing money from the children's hospital and give it to a football player's parents at LSU and the NCAA nor the media said a word anyway enough of that uh, we'll see y'all next Monday night on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell hotline good night hotty toddy and go Clemson This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.